0: Hey guys, recently I went to a pitch practice where a bunch of entrepreneurs were pitching to investors and getting feedback. Now, I recorded a podcast about that and I think it's really interesting and I'm talking a lot about the value I was able to get just by being in the room while experts were talking and giving feedback to people who were pitching, doing something that I'm going to be doing very soon. And I thought it was super important, so I can't wait to release that podcast, but I wanted to take this opportunity because I know a few episodes, like my first episode, I said that I had a few topics I really wanted to talk about, and I felt like if I released the podcast talking about the investing and the pitch practices, it would feel a little bit out of place. I think I should go over another topic. I said in the third or second one that I wanted to talk about a lot of topics, and I'm still itching to do that. So... Even though I have that other podcast recorded, I really want to talk about one of the topics I mentioned in the first episode. That being, start with what you have regardless of what you need. That's a quote I read from a book that Jan Baum has and I just, I was flipping through the pages and I saw that highlighted and it really resonated. and it really resonated with me. So I want to talk about it for this podcast, this episode of the podcast, and dive in on how that relates to me and my story with plenty because of course, as you can probably guess, as a college student, I do not have all the resources I need to start a business. That includes funding, teammates, a network, and even time. So of course that is going to be applicable to me, and it's probably going to be applicable to pretty much anyone. That includes some of the most well-networked and well-financed individuals in the entrepreneurship workspace. Think someone like Elon Musk, who has Probably enough money to start a business from the ground up without even going through fundraising, although maybe I'm overestimating his worth and how how much it cost, or underestimating how much it costs to start a business. But he also has the network I'm sure he needs to start a business. He has the reputation, and he somehow even seems to have the time to start a business. I know that even with Tesla and the boring company, he seems to be able to have the time to start any project he wants, which I'm sure it's not the case. I know that I've seen on a lot of interviews with him, he talks about the fact, or at least one of the most frequent questions he gets asked is, even being the CEO of Tesla and the Boring Company, you seem to always have time to start a new project. How do you find the time? How do you do it? And I can't necessarily speak for Elon Musk, but I can guarantee you it's probably not because he's not doing anything three days out of the week thinking, oh, I can just use that to start another business. As a matter of fact, I think that's addressed on the Joe Rogan podcast where he was on recently. There was a big controversy over him. Uh, like smoking weed on there or something. But if you are interested in learning about Elon Musk specifically and want to hear the answer to that question, I definitely go recommend. I definitely recommend you go check that out. But anyway, how does that relate to me and how does that relate to how I started plenty? So let's start off by talking about what I need to start plenty. And let's note that I started playing during a summer. so I wasn't actually in school, so I had plenty of time, but I didn't have money or the skills to make it happen. The two technical requirements for me to make an app that would be plenty, is to have a media posting system and a transaction system. Those are, from a technical standpoint, what Plenty is and what the requirements are for Plenty as an app. Now, I knew I could go about developing Plenty in a few different ways. First, I could hire a developer. Second, I could be the developer and develop the app myself. Or third, I could bring on teammates to develop it it as a team, not myself, and pay them through equity. So so starting with point one, I didn't have the funding to hire a developer, and I knew that if I hired a developer now, I would have to continually pay them for as long as I wanted them to keep developing the app, and I think long-term, this was a very unsustainable goal for me, so I kind of crossed that off my list. Second, even though I knew I could develop the app myself, I'm an IT major, I'm relatively familiar with a lot of the stuff that goes into web development, While well, app development as a whole, I did not think that I could... not. not not that I didn't think I could pull it off, I thought it was, once again, very unsustainable for me to not only continue working on the app, but learning how to develop the app, and then continue to apply that while I'm doing the business side of all that goes into a startup. So, I kind of crossed that off of my list as well. So, here's my last option, which is to bring on co-founders. Now, I am friends with quite a few ComSci students, but I did not know anyone who was, who was readily available and skilled at developing apps. So... I have none of my three options that I laid out that I know of. What do I do from here? Because clearly I didn't quit. Well, going back to starting with what you have and not what you need, I continued, I started the development process myself. I started making user experience flowcharts. I started doing research on what kind of technologies we need to make running the app possible, such as AWS and other services like that. I started to think about what languages we should use to develop the front and back end in. I started breaking the app down into its simplest parts so that when I talk to developers, I can tell them exactly what I need from them, that being how I got those two things before where it comes to being able to post media and a transaction system. These are a lot of things that technically I can't really use at the moment, but you can bet that they became useful as soon as I got my developers. Now, once again, let's go back to talking about starting with what you have and not what you need. So I need developers, but I don't have them. What do I have? I'm a college student here at Towson University, and I'm aware of the Student Launchpad. I'm aware of Jan Baum, and I'm aware of the ComSite department. And I'm slightly aware of the Software Engineering Club. So I reached out to my current mentor, Jan Baum, and said, Jan, I really am looking to start my, my startup, but I don't know where I can start. Can you please connect me with some developers in the Baltimore area? Not so that I could bring them onto my team, but so that I could ask some questions of them. Ask questions like, how do I bring developers on to my team? How do I incentivize that? What are the next steps I should take? And shout out to Jan, she connected me with a lot of amazing developers in the area and they gave me some amazing advice. One of them who was an experienced developer sent me a great amount of information. First off, they gave me a kind of online guide to how to hire a developer, which I found really helpful. And I'll link that article in the description of the podcast. And if you go through and read it you'll see that it actually kind of plays into a lot of the stuff i do later down the line so thank you to the guy who suggested that article to me and linked me to it it was a great help he also gave me a lot of advice on how to go about developing a product but in the end he did suggest that i and i i developed it myself now that was great and i definitely loved talking to him but i knew that that wasn't a sustainable thing for me So the next person I talked to was a developer and a a teacher here at Towson University. And I was lucky enough to get in contact with him. And he was very excited about my project. And one thing he suggested was that I reach out to some of the CompSci students here at Towson University. And that was great. So I was able to reach out to three three students in particular here at Towson who he knew were skilled developers. And I invited them on board to my project. Now, that actually did not work out for me none of them were able to join. Uh, they were all, like I said, this was during the summer, they were all at internships or getting ready for their full-time jobs because some of them had graduated. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, okay, well, you're still where you left off with no developers. But there's one thing I didn't tell you. It's that I was continually reaching out not only through Jan's network, but through a whole lot of networks, my personal networks, the comp size students I know at Towson and some of the compsci students I knew that were not in Towson, some people I knew who had been a part of the development process of apps before, and also one day on a whim, my friend and coworker, Matthew Lowinger, over at the Student Launchpad, he thought I would be a great match and of great interest to an organization over at Hopkins University, TCO Labs, the Hopkins Hatchery. Another big shout out to Matt, because through that network, I was able to meet and start working with my two awesome co-founders and developers for plenty, Karun and Evan. Now, I can't wait to introduce anyone who's listening to this to Karun and Evan. They are great. They are very skilled developers. And the reason that they came on, which is very important for me and everyone else to keep in mind, is because they were interested in an app that was based around philanthropy and charitable giving, which I think is the best reason you can come on board a project is because you are genuinely interested in the goal of the project. And that goes double for something like playing that is based around social causes and based around trying to make things happen for people, not for profit, but because you care about something. But that is not the point of this podcast. So I'll be sure to get them on and talking at some point. However, let's get back to the point at hand. So I was able to start with very little without development skills. All I had was my network, no money to pay anyone with, and no idea how to develop an app to where I'm at now, where I have two developers as co-founders doing an amazing job, and I have a large knowledge of information on how I should go about moving forward with developing my app strictly by knowing about, let's say 10 people, Jan, Matthew, and any of my own friends I know here from Towson. And I hope that gives you a good idea of what I mean when I say, start with what you have and not what you need. Because if I waited until I had the spare time or an excess of money that I could use to hire a developer, or just ran into someone who I knew who could develop an app, or if I waited until I could figure out how to develop an app, which would have taken me much longer than this whole process actually took me, uh, (laughs) I would have never actually started the project, and I would be nowhere as compared to where I am now. So I hope after hearing that, anyone who wants to start a business out there who thinks, oh, I can't do that because I don't have the resources, now there's a little bit less fear around that, knowing that you don't need them to keep moving forward. And I hope you know that if you don't start now, there, there's a good chance that you might never get started because you'll never really just have all the time and have all the money and have all the people you need to start a project. And you know what? There's a lot more I want to talk about with that fear of failure and fear of getting started and fear of, you know, repeated loss, which I'm sure if, if you noticed, you listened to me. I talked to quite a few people and got turned down quite a bit and didn't get the answers I always wanted, but that didn't stop me. And that's another topic I want to talk about, but I noticed that this podcast is getting a little bit longer. I notice I talk a lot more than I usually would think I do, and they're starting to stretch more and more. So I'll leave that as a topic in the next one about how to stay motivated, what that really means. Because like I mentioned in my first podcast, I kind of think that quote unquote staying motivated is an airy term that means a lot of things and needs to be broken down for anyone to really understand what people mean when they say that. Catch my breath here. So hopefully I'll be able to talk about that in the next one. Maybe I'll release the podcast I mentioned before. Maybe I'll talk about something different, but that's definitely a topic I want to cover and I'll cover it sometime soon. So hopefully you guys are still excited to hear something like that and I can't wait to share it. So I'll see you guys in the next podcast.